Today on the show, fantastic singer-songwriter Liz Longley and I talk getting back on track creatively, conquering regional dialects, hearing John Mayer sing your songs, and so much more on episode 70 of Who Writes This Stuff. Hey guys, and welcome to Who Writes This Stuff. My name is Nick Flora. Thank you for listening. You listening to a podcast is one of my favorite things, especially if it's this podcast. Uh, I know you're not supposed to mention timely things on a podcast since it timestamps it, I guess. I don't know who makes these rules. The Podcast Authority of the United States. Uh, But you guys, I can feel winter dying and warmer weather is approaching (laughs) and it makes me really happy. And uh, I don't care who knows. It's really amazing to not have to uh, bundle up under seven layers before going outside. Oh my gosh, I missed it. Uh, Seriously, weather is the worst, you guys. Uh, Let's all move to the West Coast. We don't have to deal with this anymore. I mean, they don't have any problems out there. I mean, the whole state will eventually fall into the ocean. Yeah, and before that, it'll probably be swallowed by one giant earthquake. But at least we can wear short sleeves. That's all I want. Okay, so before we get this episode kicked off, it's that time of the show where I share with you what I learned this week. What I learned this week. What you learned. Speaking of the West Coast... I learned that the Capitol Records building in Los Angeles, California, you all know that. It's a tall cylindrical one. That in, it's in most of the skyline pictures uh, you see of L.A. It has lights on the top that are always blinking, you know, to I assume to warn like air traffic that there's a building there and did not crash into it. Well, the lights on the top blink in Morse code and Morse code that spells out Hollywood. How awesome is that? I'm telling you, they had great ideas back in the 60s or whenever they built that building. Um, I, I like that I can Google that to find out that cool fact, but I can't Google to find out when the building was built. But uh, Morse code is pretty rad. I mean, it's, I think it should definitely make a comeback. So if you're with me, hashtag Morse code comeback. Um, let's start a campaign. And that's what I learned this week. What I learned this week. What you learned. You guys, I want to hear from you what you learned this week. And you can do that by letting me know what you learned this week at Who Writes Pod on Twitter, or you can write on the Who Writes This Stuff Facebook page. Uh, or email me directly, who writes this stuff podcast at gmail.com. Seriously, I want to hear from you. Uh, let me know what you learned this week. I don't care if it's silly or, or sad or serious, whatever. Um, if you learned something cool this week, I'm going to share it on the show. Um, I feel like I'm the only one. I'm just I'm just giving and giving, and I want you guys to be involved as well. Uh, furthermore, if you're, if you're not following the podcast on Instagram, I didn't know if you knew we had an Instagram account, but we do because we care about communicating with 14-year-olds apparently. Just kidding. Um, I love Instagram, and uh, it's at Who Writes Pod on there, and I've been posting uh, pics from each chat I have with guests and all that fun stuff. And uh, I'm gonna start doing some other uh, fun interactive things that are uh, that you can only find on Instagram there. So follow that at Who Writes Pod. Also, I did want to let you know. Speaking of timely things, uh, for those who helped support the revamp of the podcast last fall, um, first off, thank you. Second, your limited edition T-shirts and mugs are about to be sent to the printers. So what I need you to do is send an email to podcast at nickflora.com or who writes the stuff podcast at gmail.com and, uh, and give me your t-shirt size. If you want a shirt and you, and you, you chose that tier, that incentive of $50 or more, I need your t-shirt size and, uh, and your mailing address. If you don't mind, I think I have most of most of everybody who, who pledged, but that would be amazing. And as soon as possible would be most helpful. I want you guys to have your cool shirt so you can brag to people who, who weren't cool enough to pledge. Um, okay, so today's show is a great one. I loved, like, I listened back to this episode to edit it, and I loved, I was, I just found myself enjoying it. And 
I know a lot of it is me talking, which sounds really self-serving, but seriously, uh, Liz Longley is my new friend. We didn't know each other before this. Um, we had mutual friends and, uh, She's really a fantastic artist, a really great songwriter, and as it turns out, a delight to talk to. Uh, Liz and I, like I said, had never officially met before this chat, but I feel like we hit it off, and uh, I love how open and transparent she is, both in her writing and in conversation, and uh, those are the best episodes for me, is when an artist just comes in and it's just like game to really share themselves, you know? And uh, like I said, I talk a lot in this too. Uh, we actually recorded this back in January, uh, but since she has a new record coming out next week or March 17th, if you're listening to this in the future, it's probably out now and you should definitely go grab it. But uh, more more on that later. So let's get into it. Here's episode 70 with Liz Longley. If I would have, I didn't go to college for any kind of time that I could have gotten a degree, but if I did, I wouldn't have, I would have gotten like a small business degree. Cause I'd be like, all I'm doing is promoting and mm -hmm. like coming up with new ways to market myself and mm -hmm. like booking myself. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm self everything, but managed. So I'm like, but for years, that's all I, all I did. And I like 90% of my job is to become, to promote old and to stuff. Sit on the I computer. Did. And I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah. creating anything. So I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm going to take like the beginning of the year off like eight weeks and not promote anything, not tweet, wow. not do all I'm going to do is like breathe in stuff and breathe out stuff. So I'm going to like watch as many movies as possible, read as many books. Just when's the last time you just wow. laid in the floor and like listened to a record? You know? mm, I don't think all the stuff that I did when I was like 18, yeah. you know, that made you want to create and yeah. that fueled that fire because I feel like I don't really have as much to say. This is like uh, we just met, but this is a lot. I'm offering up at the top but <laughs> i feel like i had i used to have like stuff that i had to get out that's this is exactly I where i am anymore. in my life i had this conversation with myself yesterday it's i like, love it let's have it now. why don't i have anything to say and well i, I mean tell me about it i feel like i've written so many relationship songs that i'm sick of myself <laughs> and i was like i don't i sound like i have no life like i'm just well, there is there is a, a certain point in time in an artist, especially a songwriter, where you're just sort of like you are commenting on your life, but so much of your life is the thing you're commenting on. Or that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Yes. Like so yes. Much, like we're just going to be writing songs. Like I legitimately like I, I have a notebook where I write down on my like oh, this might be an interesting idea. And one of them was like, what if I wrote a song about like how to write a perfect song? And I, <laughs> Hey, that people do that. I, and I was like, wait a second. This is so meta that it's, that could be like cute, but also sad. Cause that's, that's funny that I you said about. that. Cause I started writing a song about how I haven't been able to write. Interesting. So it's a song about how this guy, who was my muse for so long. Uh -huh. I'm no longer drawn to writing about him. Like I, like I finally sorted, I'm sorry. I'm drawn to the things on your wall. I mean, you're absolutely, allowed, you're allowed to be uh, distracted. <laughs> I'm finally, am I okay? Yeah. Um, I finally worked through my, are we allowed to curse on here? Yeah. I finally worked through my shit with him. And so I have nothing to work through musically with him. So now it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not drawn to that anymore. So now what do I tap into without seeming like I'm just going from, guy to guy and looking for right. things to write about yeah and my life is just not that interesting to <laughs> that's you though well, we are never nearly as interesting as to we ourselves. think we are yeah and then i'll go to like a thing or like a party or i don't go to parties but you know you go to th i'm trying to think <laughs> let's there, say we go to parties when I go <laughs> honestly i go on the road to find yeah. out who i am because i go on the road and meet people who are nashville nobody's impressed 
mm-hmm. and they shouldn't mm-hmm. be. And but when you go on the road, you meet people who are like, I have, I have so many questions about what you do, and you know they're genuinely. I play a lot of house shows, so it's very you know conducive to conversation. Right. People are so fascinated by the That's the minutia true. of your life. It's so interesting, even though it That's might true. not be. But just the fact that we don't. But that's not where I write. So I get home and I'm like, I'm boring. I know. There's nothing to write about. You know, I'm on the road. I'm like, I feel great about myself. It's like I this know. really weird, like double life. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. Like people, not to go this way, but I'm on Tinder right now. I'm yeah. like, what is your life like? And it made me realize I have a double life. I have this life that is so packed and so structured when I'm on the road and then I get home and I have time loosey goosey and I feel actually more overwhelmed with time than no time I know because it's like how do I how do I create structure how do I be productive and then I never make time for creativity because oh yeah I know it's the worst it's like I need to do yoga I need to take my dog for a walk I need to go meet with friends I need to be a human being and be social and then by 9 30 I'm like and I'm tired yeah so there's no song happening tonight (laughs) It's an amazing thing when you realize that 9.30 is an acceptable bedtime. <laughs> that's that's a good adult lesson. Like, you know what? I'm going to go to bed now because I'll wake up at, at 7 maybe and, and feel rested. <laughs> that's an amazing feeling. Yeah. Uh, no, but I think there is something to be said for what, what you're saying about not feeling interesting or living a double life or, you know, I don't know. I think a lot of people do listen to this podcast to sort of get a window into sort of what what we do and and honestly Mm -hmm. it is the most interesting to me and also i don't think it's probably maybe that interesting but it but we're too close to it our noses are too close to the painting to to see to see what that is we were just what were we just talking about Uh, to get into this oh i was talking about taking a break so like there i'm trying to tap into because i feel like i did have something to say and so a long time ago like i had stuff i was like man i really need to get this out or i'm not gonna like like sleep tonight or whatever but it I, I, so I'm trying to overcome and maybe tap into the way it was, but even though that's preposterous because I have much more responsibilities than I did when I was 18 or 19. Right. <laughs> so, but, right. but there is sort of something where I used to just, I did used to just lay in the floor and put headphones on and listen to a record front to back with my eyes closed and just imagine what it was like, you know, or, you know, just like in my mind's eye, what this record sounds like, uh, you know, filtered through my, my experience wherever I am in that point in my life mm-hmm. and then also you know or watch movies and be like I don't feel like I don't feel like I give or give myself permission to like take time to do anything because I always constantly feel guilty that I could be doing more for my career wow that's exactly how I feel there's a lot of guilt best friends yeah right off the bat. <laughs> yes there's, there's so, much, so guilt. much guilt but if we don't take time to like go for Breathe. walks yeah meet, meet with Live. friends take in life then what, what are we supposed to write on? about Exactly. In the <laughs> podcast. Thanks for coming. And this episode is called Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, but it's something that I've, I've been wrestling with for a long time and I was fr- afraid to voice it because it's that thing where you feel like everybody else has things figured out except you. Yeah. And so I, I'm constantly scared to voice these things to other musicians who I still want to deem me as cool. Right. <laughs> or like have it. I liked it. People think I have stuff figured out because, <laughs> you know, it's perception is everything. Yeah. So th- there is there are these points where I start bringing it up and people are like, oh, no, you should absolutely take that time off. And, yeah. Because I'm also constantly worried that if I take eight weeks off from the Internet, people will forget who I am and I'll come mm-hmm. back. And, but that doesn't happen to me. Jenny Lewis put an album this year. I've been waiting like years for Jenny Lewis to put on an album, constantly looking to see where she's been, what she's doing. And I and it's just insane that anybody would not to put myself on that level. But like if you have fans, they're going to care about 
you know. Whenever it comes out, whenever you, yeah. And disappearing is not a bad thing. Right. Because if you're, I mean, Grey's Anatomy has been here <laughs> constantly for like 10 years. It piques people's it interest, away. interest almost to, yeah. to disappear for a little bit. It's a little bit mysterious. And I mean, if they know you're doing it intentionally, like John Mayer mm-hmm. removed himself from Twitter for a long time. And when oh, he was yeah. back, it was like, he's back. If he had been there the whole time, it would have been, he's there. You're right. It's sort of, I think there is, I'm really bad at mis- being mysterious and like creating mystique. Like yeah, super, me too. I'm super it, bad at it. Especially my songwriting. I'm like, here's my entire Very life transparent. Story. Yeah. And almost in a way, I feel like I'm, I felt like I wasn't a true artist because I wasn't good at being like vague and transparent and, and you know, I was going to, I've, I've been focusing on fitness way too much. I was going to say oblique. What's the word? <laughs> Opaque. Is that the word? You mean transparent. No, but what's the word when you're you're abstract? Is abstract the word I, was, I was trying to think of <laughs> abstract, and I thought of oblique because that's a muscle, right? That is a muscle. That's, that's like not your like a thing that artists abdominal. <laughs> is there is there a synonym to oblique that is that means abstract? No. Okay. Oh wait, you are you thinking of obtuse? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll say I'm thinking of obtuse. Wow. Wow. So fantastic. <laughs> I'm okay. I'll own it. I don't care. Oh, oblique. Yes. Wait, what were we just talking about? That could be the name of the show. Oblique. Um, oblique, exactly. Well, just, I, I'm not good at, or I'll, pu- I'll put it to you because I've talked enough already. <laughs> uh, this is essentially what the podcast is. But uh, do you feel, I mean, you just said you don't really, but do you, do you feel like trying to be the like mysterious, like abstract sort of artist that I'm sure is attractive at some point, because I'm attracted to those types of artists too. Yeah. Do you find like that you maybe need to be more of that or less of that? Or like, where do you, as if you're looking at yourself right. as an artist? If I sit down and listen to who I am and what I need to say as an artist, it never, it's always pretty transparent because for me to get into the emotion of the song every night, mm. it has to be real. It has to be like, I have to have like some story in my mind to, to kind of hold on to with that song. So that's a personal thing. And I never really thought about um, how I wasn't mysterious until someone started telling me about it, that noticing, Oh, you're really like, you really put it all out there. You could, you could pull back a little bit. And then I just kind of feel judged. And that's when I, my creativity starts to um, wane. But, um, but anyway, I, yeah, I think, I think naturally for me, I am transparent and, and Joni Mitchell, that record Blue, for me, that was the record that really sparked my desire to become a songwriter. And and that record feels so raw and so honest Absolutely. and real to me. And I love that record. She doesn't even like hit all the notes in that record. No. Like, there are like a lot of parts where it's like a little wonky. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, man, it's it's so kind of rebel badass because she yeah. just lets it. Yeah. Like, the emotion, it doesn't matter. The emotion carries overall. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. it's amazing. And so I, I just have to, when I start feeling judged or like, who who should I be? I have to remember that, you know, the most, the, the how do I say this? The artists that you love the most for what they do, they doing, they're doing what is true to them. And mm. so for some people, it's true to them to be mysterious. That's their personality. With me, I'm just not like that. So it would be, it would be false for me to, to write in that way. How long did it take you to get to that point where you realize this about yourself? Where I realized, well, honestly, in the past year was when I started, when someone said to me recently, you know, you don't really leave much up to the imagination. Was it, how was it said? In what context? 
Was it said it was to a, be a dig or was it just it was, like it an observation kind of an that you observation took it to be? And I, and I kind of was like, oh, well, I didn't know I was supposed to be. Like I was just doing what felt right to me. And so I didn't have to let that go. It's like, yeah, there, it doesn't matter. I beat myself up with a, up over that kind of stuff all the time though. Yeah. Especially specifically that because I'm not the kind of, I'm very... I mean, I'll write, I'll write like story songs that are sort of like leave a little to, a little bit to the imagination, but for the most part, like if you, you'll know what I'm going through, right? You know, right. You and can you can calculate it from this podcast. Honestly, I've done it over two years, and it's you can tell what I'm going through by what I bring up all the time, and then and the I think songs that's that come really out. Really empowering, and I think people appreciate that honesty most of the time. I hope so. I think they can uh, jump into the song more and relate to it. Um, but then there's a lot to be said for like Bonnie Vera. Like I never know yeah. what he's talking about in his songs. I can't and even understand him. I don't even know what if he's saying words, you know. But it's so emotional to I me. Think it's, but it's, he's a he. He does. I've I'm I was a hater of his for a long time, but I've kind of recently come around and I. I think it just takes time to understand some people sometimes. And mm-hmm. I was that way with Cigaros for a long time. I was like, this is pointless. And then like it just hit me at the right time. Where exactly. I was like, I don't care what they're saying because they're emoting something that's very powerful. Exactly. So. And, and you can take it to any situation in your life because it's not specific. It's just a feeling. It is just the a feeling. It's just a feeling. I was packing a move to New York City. You were the last thing I thought I'd find. Miles and miles away, you should be gone now. But are you? It's just the thing where I'm constantly comparing myself to like, oh, I should be more like this dude or I should be more like this person. But like, really, I've spent 15 years trying to figure out who I am as an artist. And I feel like I'm just now hitting my stride and figuring out like, why would I, you know, I can appreciate other stuff without or, or incorporate small parts of it mm-hmm. into, you know, mm-hmm. but if I change completely, then it would be. It would be pointless. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I know. I know guys who put out records because they thought they had to put out that kind of a record because it was like. And I think people can really hear big. hear right through that. I think so too. And so that's that just goes to show you just need to do what feels right for you and what feels like resonate. If it resonates with you, I think people can sense that. Yeah. They pick up on that and then they can tap into it. Yeah. Have you always written the the kind of sort of I, don't know, I wouldn't call it confessional, but just the sort of like folk kind of singer songwriter stuff is it always just kind of been i would say confessional that's a good word for okay. it okay yeah i have and and even you know when I, the first song i ever wrote i was 14 years old and it was i kind of just made up this story it was super weird but then when my life started when i started using music as like therapy for yeah. myself that's when it became and then and then because i've been on the road and i've played those songs for people and i see how the most confessional of songs can like really um touches people and then it's kind of encouraged me to keep going down that path and then i get to a point where okay what do i have 
to confess now, yeah. you know, and that's, that's kind of the path that's led me down is, is what's next. Do you, say. how do you find like new ways to, and maybe you don't, but and, and that's an invalid answer too, but how do you find new ways because you, you write in sort of, I feel like you are the kind of folk singer songwriter, if I can put you under that broad umbrella, sort of like has an, a long storied history. How do you find like ways to like not feel like you're writing the same song over and over again? Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's where I am right now. I was Figuring trying to that figure out. that out. And, um, honestly I was in, when I first moved here, like, I didn't really write by myself anything that moved me whatsoever. And so, um, I picked up this book like seven months ago called the artist way. Have you, that book? Oh, it's on your shelf. I'm it's, scared. I'm scared to read it. Are you really? Yeah, a little bit. I you started it. I'm a little scared. <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it's it changed of its power. my yes. life so quickly. Tell me about it. Um, so it in, you, every day you mm-hmm. journal every morning, four pages or some three pages. And um, it just all these thoughts that had been piling up in my head about myself and about my life and all these fears I had just kind of came onto the paper and they became they were real suddenly. And I knew I had to do something about them once they were on the paper. And so, um, I broke out with my boyfriend at the time and, um, because I just, of the book. Yeah. Cause I, I, I journaled and wow. all the things that I had said in my head were finally on the paper. And I was like, well now it's on the paper. Like you can't deny it's a this real anymore. Thing. This is a real thing. And you've been feeling this way for a long time and now you cannot deny it. You have to go deal with it. Wow. So, okay. So it doesn't tell you to break up with your boyfriend. It, no, it's just a step one. It's just a, <laughs> Who's that slouch you've been hanging around? Get yeah. rid of him. <laughs> wow. And what's so funny is an ex-boyfriend had given me the book. So it was like, Whoa. <laughs> it seemed really weird at the time. But um, So really it just, the things that have been percolating in your brain, it makes mm-hmm. them, put them into reality it and was, makes you deal with them? Yeah, I think. I, I worked through so much baggage that I had and didn't even, I never, ever wanted to work through it. And like it had been piling up for mm. four years and I opened the book and I just started journaling and it, it kind of forced you to deal with it all. And so I got six, I got six weeks in and my life shifted so drastically that I was overwhelmed and I was like, I need to close this book. Like it is wow. done. And I hadn't had any musical thoughts and nothing, no ideas that ever, um, excited me until I cracked open that book and I had more than I knew what to do with. And so I was like, I have all these ideas and I need to finish them all. So I need to close this book. And of course I haven't finished any of them and I've stopped getting all the ideas cause I'm not journaling every day and I'm not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not diving into like I was then, but I want to, I want to finish that book and I highly recommend it to anyone who thinks they're blocked. It's the artist way by Julia Cameron. If you and are my hero. on your computer right now and yes. you just order on Amazon, it's really cheap. Uh, and a lot of people have said their lives were changed by that book. I'm, isn't it funny? I know I've that was the way it was given to me as a recommendation, mm-hmm. and I got it. And I'm I, it's sitting over there, and it scares me. Yeah, because I it's almost like I know it's like I have a diet plan, and I know it's gonna <laughs> shift me in a good direction. But I'm scared yes. of getting out of oh, a comfort totally. zone. Totally, and that's what I was in my comfort zone, for sure. Oh, and I, love I was in my comfort zone, zone so for th- like three years, and then so wow. cracking that open was just like there are a lot of exercises that are extremely valuable and she starts off in a way that I would have never expected. She talks about God and I never realized I had an issue like with the word God. 
Oh, wow. Like, so it was like this, like spiritual, creative, like all these huge things were tapped into there. So I highly recommend it. Don't be scared of it. Even if you just, even if you just crack open the first week and just kind of feel out, feel it out. I think you'll be kind of, I kind of felt pulled in by, by you'll be so excited about how much it shifts your creativity. Then it's a book I need to read now that I'm on this break. Oh, totally. So I bought a bunch of these books. I bought like, uh, have you read Austin Kleon? No. He's great. Show your work and steal like an artist. Both. Oh yes, I have steal like an artist. I read both in like one sitting, which I don't. I'm not a reader. It's like a flip book, isn't it? Yeah, essentially, it's the best. It's incredible. It's 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 like he knew that a bunch of artists were gonna read it, which Uh I think he did, but because it's so. It's like one word on the page. Sometimes, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It really is. I feel like it's. I'm reading like a four year old. We're gonna need to dumb this down a little. We gotta dumb it way down. We gotta quote Dave Grohl a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Draw little pictures. There's so many. But I'm such a visual person yeah. that it makes perfect sense. Like I always joke that movies are my books, but it's totally true. Like I, I can take in any information if it's put in documentary form oh, wow. and I remember it forever. And, wow. and Or I will remember quotes from movies that I saw, you know, seven years ago once. It, it just sticks to my craw. Person. Really? No, I can't remember. People be like, have you seen this movie? And I, I don't know. I'd have to watch it again to tell you. Yeah. There, I mean, there are some movies that are just bad and forgettable. <laughs> no, it's I'm just not my memory. Lie. I have the worst memory of all time. Am I, I don't know why, but it's, it's always been this way. But like, maybe it's, I mean, I can really dive deep and explain to you why. But uh, <laughs> I was I was raised really strict. Southern Baptist wasn't allowed to like watch a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Right? And so there were definitely, I think it, I was sort of let loose at 19 and took it all in. Oh, so gosh, I think like yeah. my brain gets, it, my brain's like a rubber band that was been snapped back. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I just remember like, I am a walking IMDB in a lot of ways. And I just remember <laughs> I envy those people actors. And I've just, I think I'm fascinated by it. Cause I, I'm not that I can't do it, but I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't act. I don't write screenplays. I don't direct. So it's so foreign to me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things that, do you have any like hobbies like that where you're like, I need to, because music was at one point, I'm assuming our hobby or it was mine. Mm-hmm. And then I became my job. And so it became, I kind of like peeked behind the curtain too much. And it's not a thing that I do for pleasure as much as right. like, I don't go to shows for fun. Like I go don't only ever- if, <clears throat> okay. Only if they're massive shows, like I'll go to the Ryman or a show like I'm like, well, I, I haven't played here, but if I go to a show at like exit in, I've been on that stage and I'm like, I should be on that stage. Yeah. 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 So they're sort of like, why I'm constantly distracted by the, why am I not up there thing? Oh wow. Yeah. And, but when I go see like stand up comedy, which I love or, or I go see a movie or, or whatever it is, I'm like, well, I can't do that. I'm blown away by it. I can be a fan of it because Mm. it's not a thing that I have like in my tool belt. Right. You know, do you have anything like that? That makes total sense. Um, do I have something that I love to do outside like a of hobby music? or something yeah. that, that you've like picked up because and that you love well that you could make your life's work if you really wanted to that I could make my life's work if you really wanted to like put forth the effort honestly there's only one thing that I ever wanted to do besides be a musician and this is gonna sound so weird I love it already I've always wanted to be like a personal trainer or something yeah because I love working with people and I love like motivating people and I'm highly motivated mm-hmm. and um I've just always loved working out. You'd never guess it by looking at me, but I've always loved being no. in the gym. And I just t- took up yoga, which has been hugely helpful to me and helped with a lot of the stuff that I struggle with as a creative person. It's a, I've Stillness. had the same experience. So yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I'm doing right now. 
I'm getting also really into, there's this amazing book by Eckhart Tolle called A New Earth. Mm. And it's all, it's like a study of the ego. And so that's really drawing me in right now too. So spiritual things. And that all started uh, with the artist's way. Really? Yep. Wait, what? So the whole. Like, wor- like the- wanting to meditate and yeah. um, wanting to read books about awareness and mindfulness and. Um, oh my gosh, I have a list of books for you. Really? <laughs> Please. <laughs> I've, I've sort of been going through something similar and, I, and I'm and i scared. One of the, I just need to start reading. That was one of the br- things I wanted to do during, during this mm-hmm. break, not to bring it back to me. We are in my house. But uh, <laughs> no, but I wanted to like be a better reader. So I'm like, and I'm really bad at it, but I always enjoy it when I do it. Uh-huh. So it's the same thing as working out. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not great at it, but when, every time like I do it for an extended period of time, I'm like, this is the greatest feeling. Yeah. And, and honestly, whenever I have friends that are sort of blocked creatively, I'm like, when's the last time you went for a run? I know it's like painful, but like it does. I, 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 I guess it's four years ago now, but like I lost 40 pounds in wow. a year. And it was you. like the most transformative thing that I could have done for my mind, for my brain, because I told myself a lie for years and years and years that I was this type of person. I fit in this box. Wow. I was lazy. I was not motivated. I wasn't worth anything, blah, blah, blah. And the lie was like built. It was like a built up like fat around me. And then, wow. and then once I started like, just, I just joined the Y and start and went walking every day. And then it, that turned into running. And then that turned into like, you know, weights and all this stuff. And it's like, well, I want to be challenged. And before I knew it, I was 40 pounds down and, and I was like wow. riding like a song a week. I was like, it, it just opened up the floodgates. And so I always, you know, it's not for everybody, but like for some people I'm like, when's the last time? Cause it, if you don't do any kind of like exercise to make your body feel energetic or alive or, you know, movements and all this stuff, mm-hmm. it can, it, it's a direct correlation and trigger for the brain. Completely. I have found anyway. Oh, totally. And I that's and I wasn't working out when I was going through my creative lull. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I started like trying to take care of myself, it just everything shifts in your life when you just take a little bit time take a little bit of time for yourself and yeah. just nurturing yourself. No matter what that is, if it's meditating or if it's going for a run or um I don't know, it's really important. I had a friend recently say he stopped using the word or the, the word busy. Because everybody's busy. Stop using that excuse. He was oh, like, I've removed wow. it from my vocabulary. As an, like, I can't do that because I'm busy. Because it doesn't mean anything. Right. And everybody's busy. That's right. and It's also like a, a slam to other people to say like, oh, you're, you're not. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, as soon as you my remo- life is more as soon as you remove that, you can find time for everything. It's, yeah. It's just all prioritizing. And, exactly. Which is, this is a very new year conversation. I we're know. Having. It's I love perfect. It. It's very, <laughs> well, it makes sense. But, it, but that's a huge, you know. I, I just got done reading that Amy Poehler book, which is amazing, by the way. Uh, but that. but it's a lot of that book deals with um, prioritizing and making the t- like a lot of things we're talking about. But a lot of it, uh, I just oh, I just lost it. What was the word? Oblique. Yes, a lot of it deals. <laughs> there's a lot of her workouts uh, are planned. No, uh, <laughs> no, a, a lot of it deals with um, shoot. What did I just? I just started thinking about. You that said book prioritizing. A lot of it has to do with prioritizing. Yeah, I don't know. Don't you hate it when that well, happens? Well, what was the book about? I don't know. Well, I mean, it has a lot to do with just the... It's it's sort of a memoir, but it's also just... Oh, thank you. Um, You brought it back. <laughs> uh, it's about control. And, and a lot of... And she talks a lot about her career and a lot about all the different steps she took as a struggling uh, writer, actor in New York and stuff. And um, she always had bosses that told her, you can only do... like. Everything, a lot of in this business is out of your control. So focus on what you can control. 
and mm-hmm. um and just make so she can't be concerned where you know like her television show is going to go or wherever like that's not out of her hands, but she can make it like the best show she possibly could make it or the best writing or the best acting, whatever. Mm. And I think that that all the time, and that goes back into, well, we don't know who's going to hear our music. We don't know who's going to, you know, where it's going to go. It's literally like this thing that we send out into the world. Mm -hmm. So why don't we make it the best song that we could possibly make it? And then if it doesn't go anywhere, that's, that's not on us, you know, right. but the same way with working out, like I can control what I put in my body and I can control, um, how, how much I exercise to make myself feel better or mm-hmm. make myself feel, uh, or make myself healthy. I can control that. So there's a lot of like control freak aspects that we can often use to destroy ourselves that we can totally. flip around. And I think also sometimes we think so much ahead about how what we do is going to be received or what the end result is going to be. And we try to control that without even trying to be in the present and controlling. I don't like that word for creating, but, but doing what's right in the most, like when we're creating, we're like, who's going to hear this? What are they going to think about it? When it's like, why don't you just sit down and just, where's it going to land on an album? Like, Like, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like, that doesn't matter right now. Just create something that you really love right now and figure the rest (sighs) out. I need to hear that like every single day. Yeah. Create something that you really love right now. Which is another reason why I wanted to take this kind of break because there is sort of, I was writing songs and being like, well, I have too many songs that kind of are mid-tempo like this. Where would it land on an album? Like all this stuff. And I'm like, I used to not think this way. It's just right because right. It, it had to get out of me. Exactly. And that's the feeling I sometimes miss is, is what is that fire in me? What is that thing I need to say then that will stop you from overthinking what the tempo is, what the key is, what the time signature is like, who cares if you're saying something that you believe or that you really feel like nobody thinks about that. I mean, at least I don't, as a listener, I don't listen to a full album and go, well, I really didn't like how they had three songs in the same key. No, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah, It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. You've been kicking in your sleep tossing and turning relentlessly and i know you'd be lying if you told me you were fine and you've been screaming in your head this isn't you know you can't write a jazz song but when i was in college i was a songwriting major and oh yeah if i want to write a jazz song i just did and i didn't as i was like oh i can just write this it's not gonna define me if i do if i write a song that i would never sing on stage it doesn't mean that i'm not myself anymore you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) i started finding that like i love what you just said i love not necessarily putting myself in a box and then breaking out of that but like i love breaking expectation Mm -hmm. almost before it's even placed on you Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize i did this until 
multiple people started mentioning it to me like oh when i saw you get get up there at first i didn't know this is what i was gonna get and i was like oh that's really fun that i do that that's cool i think a lot of it has to do with like my overcompensating for playing solo and not having a band Uh i used to play a lot of shows where i would open for bands and be like people are expecting a band i should be a band i should be a band so be entertaining constantly everything you do should be entertaining (laughs) and then now i'm not i don't have that insecurity anymore Mm -hmm. but like the after effects are sort of there so what like what like what's an example of what you do as a solo artist um they would like break well i i I have a lot of jokes uh um and not like jokey jokes but just like observations and a lot of them are about what is happening at that moment so i sort of i feel like i have a comedian's brain in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways when Mm -hmm. i'm sort of put feet to the fire and um and i mean all my heroes are, are comedians and comedy writers and you know, so there's a lot of like that's a lot of my influences. That's really um, cool. behind you is uh, Founds Wayne, Steve Martin, and Ryan Adams record. Yeah. I feel like that is the perfect example of my three like musical. Influences. Yeah, you get me when if all three of those people have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> so if all of those men have a baby together. Yes, if those three. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the metaphor isn't perfect. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I've, I've so I've, I try to do that. And I try to. I have a lot of like dynamic in my songs. I just mm-hmm. try to like, I don't know. And also like what you were saying, like if I want to write a jazz song, I write a slow jazz song. Mm-hmm. If I want to, I mean, it doesn't mean that I'm really insecure when I first do it. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, is anybody, you know, there was a lot, it took a lot of like, well, this doesn't fit. This doesn't fit. Right. This song doesn't fit. And then it, it took good producers to be like, who cares? Yeah. Put it on a record and it'll be its own thing because of mm-hmm. your thing. And for so long, cause uh, when I was younger, I was, I really was just, every song I, I wrote was in a different vein. Like I had like a bluegrass thing, oh, really? a little bit of a country thing and then a jazz thing and then a singer songwriter thing. And I even wrote a rap song and, and wow. In that time when I was growing up, it was very much like everyone had to have their own genre. It was like, what is your, what is your, what is your box? Yeah. And I feel like a little bit these days we're breaking out of that, but maybe that's just my own perception. But I don't feel like you have to be one thing anymore. No, I could be wrong. Well, there's a lot of crossover. There's yeah. a lot. I think we live in the time now where, where of the iPod shuffle thing, mm-hmm. you know, so it, everybody has everything on their iPod. I mean, I do. So, and everything fits a certain mood. So if you can, you can do whatever you want and kind of get away with it. It's yeah. sort of an amazing time. If you it's know. all in your voice and it all feels genuine, then it doesn't matter. Just like Ryan Adams. It doesn't, Bingo. doesn't matter. I think there and there was a time where I think, especially labels would put be like, oh, we, you got to fit in this box more. Right. And I feel like there's a little bit more freedom now. Like, do whatever you want. Like, yeah, because like labels suck most yeah. of the time. <laughs> now tell me about your label. Uh, <laughs> okay, my label's awesome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just no, mean <laughs> there are a lot of labels that suck. That is yes. very true. And I have friends who work at labels, and they will tell you the same thing. And I think the shift is happening too, which is really good. I mean, mm-hmm. they kind of have to if they want to survive. But um, is your you are you finding with your like because you are on a label now, right? Mm-hmm. Correct, newly. Yes, I signed with them uh, late last year. What and so, like, how long months, not was even three months ago? How long was that like courting process? Um, well, <laughs> this is funny. Um, I met them August of two thousand twelve. Long, so long courting process. Yes. No, wait, 2013. Sorry. Anyway, it was a long time, but right when I met them, they were interested. So it was like, the, it was, it was a year, um, almost two years of negotiating. Yeah. So, um, that felt like eternity. And they're a small me. label, right? 
They're not like yes. you. You didn't sign to like Sony Capital or yeah. Some but crazy there are a lot thing. of different. There are a lot of different um, pieces to it. So it wasn't all really negotiating. It was like figuring out how we were going to do publishing and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I had another publishing company interested. A couple other. So it was like trying to figure out what was going to work and seeing if we could make it all work together. But in the end, I signed publishing and record deal with Sugar Hill Records, and they're just an amazing team. And they signed this record. What all? What, what started it all was um, a couple years ago, I made a record. It was completely fan funded through Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And I was able to make the record of my dreams here in Nashville. Um, at the time, it was like, oh, I want to record at Oceanway Studios and I want to have all these amazing studio musicians play on the record. And it cost a fortune and it was fan funded, so it was possible. And then I felt like all these people invested fifty thousand dollars into this record that's how much it was yes that's amazing it was it and was also amazing. terrifying yes and i didn't want to just like release it independently willy-nilly i don't know what i'm doing yeah. and i didn't have any of the pieces together in my team so i got new management i got a booking agent and then the final piece was getting that label that hopefully would know how to release it and so that's why i had this album that i wrote songs for four years ago made two years ago oh so this is the record they're putting out yeah and they're okay. gonna put it out march 17th so I have a lot more businessy questions that I, I'm worried will bore people about this whole thing because I'm a business person. But uh, are you worried about is there weird like because it was fan funded, but now it'd be put out by a label? Is there sort of like I've never heard of that happening before? Is, is there, it is awkward it, because like people are like, oh, you used us to get that? Is yeah, that what you mean? Yeah, I guess in well, a, in a manner of speaking. I didn't I don't get I didn't sign and get money for making this. That's record. true. So I did not make and the records any made money off of. So they're releasing it essentially. Exactly. Okay. So it's not like it's like, oh, we want to release a record. Here's fifty grand in addition to the no. I didn't. I'm and you not, went out and bought a yacht. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's to not like I had like this. Cumberland. I didn't have a signing bonus or anything. But um, so I guess that would that would be a little bit crazier. Yes. A little bit more. Basically, unethical. now I'm buying the record from my label at seven dollars a pop and then selling it. Right. So it's not like okay. Yeah. It doesn't feel wrong. Yeah. To me, at least. Where are you from? I'm from Pennsylvania. Why okay. did I say something? No, I've been trying to place your accent. <laughs> I have an accent? No, I've been trying to place it. Okay. And then I guessed, like, I, I do some research before these because we didn't know each other before this. <laughs> yeah. But, like, uh, for the most part, I like to just sort of learn things organically. Yeah. But um, I couldn't. So I didn't know. For some reason, I'd always placed you Alabama. Why is that? <laughs> And by always, I mean like the, I've been aware of you for like a year. So, uh, (laughs) I have no idea where that came from. Pennsylvania. Where in Pennsylvania? Outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Where at? In a little specifically. Well, I grew up in Westchester and then I lived in Downingtown for years. Um, but then I moved to, I went to college in Boston. So I spent five years there. Okay. And then I moved here three years ago. So I've slowly figured out the words that I say really strangely. Like I used to say water. Instead of water? Instead of water. Water? Water. So now when I go home, I hear my dad say water. I'm like, dad. (laughs) But I did that for years without ever noticing. Do people point this stuff out to you or did you figure it out on your own? I had, you know, an ex-boyfriend who (laughs) made it very clear. Was the one you just broke up with? Yeah. My list of words I needed to figure out how to say correctly. (laughs) There's a charm to that. I don't feel like you have to change well, thanks, Nick. <laughs> and I say this, I grew up in Southwest Arkansas. You wouldn't have known that. No. Because uh, I have a very non-regional dialect mm-hmm. uh, about me because being from Southwest Arkansas and starting to tour at 20, you start to figure out real quick that people will point out you sound real Southern. So I immediately was like, I don't want anything to make me stand apart 
like oh, wow. or stand out. Like yeah. I, w- I want to be able to go to New York City and talk to anybody and them not be like, oh, not- you ain't from around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't talk like that. <laughs> um, no, so I, I and but my all my family's from the Midwest, so it's sort of mm-hmm. who raises you to, I think. But yeah, but my parents who were like in their sixties, who only lived in like in Arkansas for the last twenty years, are like real southern and i'm like you can't no you can't do this you're not allowed that's like you know i know people who who spent the first 15 years of their life in england and then moved to the states and they still have a british accent you're not allowed to change your accent madonna uh no so small town so when you started playing shows and stuff where would you go to play would you play in a small town would you go to philly yeah i'd go to philly a lot um i'd go to new jersey yeah i'd go out to reading um which is actually where taylor swift is from big to you wait a second she's not from nashville are you kidding me i'm sort of but not really <laughs> i was waiting to have her on to ask her these questions but yeah go, go ahead. i'm sure she'll be tell me soon. tell me about taylor swift liz <laughs> She is from Pennsylvania then? She's from Pennsylvania, yeah. It makes sense because she doesn't have a southern accent either. No, not And at she all. doesn't make country music anymore. She doesn't, so. but that's fine. I'm all for that. I hate people that like want to bring that up. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. A little side you note. You can do whatever calls you. That's and also I, people that mention on this newest record, she's not country anymore. It's like, Guess no what? She hasn't been country she's for like three albums. She's not trying to either. She's not saying she is. I it's know. Like, <laughs> it's amazing how, yeah, people are hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So you would go to like Philly and stuff. Like, how old are you when we're playing shows out? Uh, of... Sixteen. I was. Who's I driving was you? Playing shows at sixteen, and my I come from a huge family, so I had people showing up. I had like yeah, you did. I started a fan base, and I really thought I had. I think at the time, I really thought I had a great fan base. I could play a lot of my local venues and and pack the places and had a great time. I mean, I was young and and naive, but I sang well and played pretty mediocre and yeah. wrote pretty mediocre but um but it doesn't matter when you first start it's amazing that you're doing that thing at all yeah yeah and yeah. all the all the people are like, oh my gosh like, she's can so you believe young it? yeah it's almost like calling everybody out in the yard so you can show them that you can do a cartwheel yeah <laughs> it's sort of like oh, she couldn't do that now she can <laughs> the tv's on again watching the weatherman i know you're thinking about leaving skies are clear well i wouldn't stand in your way i wouldn't try to make you stay i'd watch you get in your car no you wouldn't get far from here you wouldn't make it to memphis you wouldn't make it halfway take that lonely road and you'll realize your mistake you wouldn't make it to memphis didn't sound terrible and then because people do expect you to yeah (laughs) there's a little bit of like hold my hand here we go um and then i decided that i'd either you know go to berkeley college of music and study songwriting or by the time high school is over just you know pursue it full time and i'm so glad that i got into college because i had so much to learn and it was a huge growth period for me and 
Um, like I didn't really know how to play guitar when I got to college and I had time there to focus a little bit more on that. And I didn't know how to write good lyrics at all. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of, well, you don't, nobody does when you yeah, start. How do you know? How do you learn? Unless I don't know. That's why like finding counting crows was the greatest thing for me because I was like, these don't make sense to me. <laughs> I can write songs that, or lyrics that don't, don't make sense. Make sense. <laughs> yeah, that's but mysterious. sound cool. Yeah. <laughs> which I, which is what I thought he was doing. And now like it's just all references to obscure novels that yeah. we don't, that I've learned that I was like, Oh, but I still don't know what like half of August and everything after is about still one of my favorite records. Don't, don't know, know what those lyrics record. are saying. Yeah. So would you say you love the record too? No, I don't know the record. You don't know it? No, I'm sorry. Well, this was nice. Thanks for coming. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, but it's very like, you know, vague references to weird novels that Adam Duritz was reading in the early 90s. And it's just like, doesn't, you know. But I was like, yeah, I am the Rain King. Oh, uh, oh, that's no the title of that record. Then, yeah, I know this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Okay. I just don't like have the whole record and listen to the whole thing all the way through. That's okay. You're allowed. I know the hits. What's something that you love that I can hate on? Oh. I'm just <laughs> Just kidding. What, okay, so you talk about you talk about going to college actually was a good thing. You did specifically go. You essentially went to a trade school, learning mm -hmm. to do exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. Um, I always ask this. It's such a cliche question, but I, I wonder because people do listen to this who want to pursue music and and do it. But do you? What advice would you have for somebody that wants to do what you do? I would say there in, in college, I saw a lot of people just not. Okay, how do I say this? So when I was 16, I just started doing it. I just started playing shows. I just, you just got to. the ball, ball rolling. Yeah. I didn't sit right, wait around and go, well, I want to do this. I want to do that. I just started doing it and didn't ask for anyone to help me with it. I just figured it out. And through college, I just did a ton of research. And how can I open for this artist? And what venues are they playing? And just studying their tour routing and studying all this stuff. And and then I'd have people by the end of college that were like, okay, now I want to start doing what you're doing. It's like, well, I... I've, I haven't stopped. I haven't... Uh, yeah, you have to start somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So my first piece of advice is just to start. Like, if you want to do it, just do it. Start small and build from there because that's the only way you're going to do it. Or you're going to be this band that records an amazing record in their basement and one day they're instantly famous on a blog i don't know Which how that happens ever it, it's so rare <laughs> yeah you just have to start playing and getting getting out there and it's the only way you get better too yeah it'll change everything you'll grow because i know people like me who who write a bunch of songs in their bedroom and they're great and they are getting better but like there's just something about the stage that makes you better instantly yeah hopefully or makes you never want to do it again <laughs> Well, there is that too, but there, but there is sort of like, I mean, I've had really, I had the same experience as you where I was just like, this is great. Every time I play people show up, but then they'll stop showing up unless you, something, you know, changes and you get better. Right. Cause right. I definitely had that where I'm like, well, nobody's really coming out to my show any my weekly show at the coffee shop anymore. Uh, <laughs> for the first year and a half, I played the same songs. I don't understand. They liked them the first time, but then there is a point where you're like, Oh, I just have to like continue to get better or make this more interesting or figure out who I am, what I have to say. Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the fact that you, um, you draw in a lot of humor and like you make it, it sounds like you make it about the moment. Like, try make, to yeah yeah which is really well, that makes thing. every show unique well that, what, what this is the time we live in everything is like art is just considered free and you could just download anything you want for free if you really look for it and blah 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 but like a live show is like a a moment in a time that will never you know right be there again in that capacity mm -hmm. so try to like yeah i try to like own that that's a big part of like these books i've been reading these people i've been listening to who talk about like you know, Eckhart Tolle or whatever being like, be here now, like this mm -hmm. sort of like live, live in this moment. And yeah, you know, there's, so there's that aspect of that. You're right. I am really great. Thank you. For, 
Gosh, I haven't done one of these on a podcast in a while, so I'm like really <laughs> extra chatty. You're so okay, so uh, we have to wrap this up. You have to get out of here. Not really. What kind of phone is that? That's cool. Oh, this is an iPhone six made by Apple. I just uh, have a special case. The case, case on it. makes it look yeah, like you want, it's all right, like you want to see a magic trick? Future. I'm all about multitasking. I'm all about like a Mary Poppins purse, where it's like, right. if I was on, what's that show where they, if you pull something out of your purse that they they name, you get like a hundred bucks. The Price is Right. Is whatever that what that, it is? Whatever that weird television Cash show. Cash Cab? I don't know I don't what this know. is. I don't They're know. like, okay, if you have a, a toothpick in your purse, you get a hundred dollars. I've like, never oh, heard I of this. Oh, I do have a toothpick. What show is that? It's some kind of random game show, and that's just part of the if show. Anybody knows, the if anybody knows, if anybody knows the name of the show that's listening, uh, tweet <laughs> at as Liz Longley <laughs> and at Nick Flora. I want to know what this is. Okay, we have a lightning round at the end. Okay, and you don't have to answer. There's, I'm going to shoot questions at you. Don't be. Um, and it doesn't have to be a lightning answer. If it makes you think okay. of something, please go on that tangent. Okay. Um, so I was, I have this game that I wanted to start called Wikipedia fact or fiction where I wanted to name stuff off your Wikipedia and you tell me if it's true or not. I don't have a Wikipedia. Do you I? do have a Wikipedia. <laughs> well, there you go. I didn't even but know that. But it basically is your bio. So I think a okay. lot of it would be true. The only thing is that John Mayer is a fan of yours. Is that true? Or has, did he listen to a song of yours once and really like it? Okay. So, okay. This is going to be a tangent, but he came, he came to Berkeley college of music and, um, cause he went it. there too, right? Yeah. And he came back when he was really feeling like he was stuck. Um, and so he spent a week with 12 of us mm-hmm. and one morning he, and, he, and he, before he met all of us, he stalked all of our MySpaces. Are you serious? And it was so sweet. Like How, who would do, he didn't that? Have to do that? I know not at all. And he came in one morning and was singing one of my songs. Shut your mouth. And I was like eating a muffin, like in the back row. <laughs> I just remember he started singing my song and I was like tearing up, like trying to swallow my muffin so I could say like, you're singing. Is this like 2006? This is 2008. Okay. Look, I'm tearing up just thinking about that moment. That's an amazing <laughs> story. He was singing my song. And then he was like, I love that song. It's been stuck in my head. And I was like, <gasps> what song was it? It's a song called Queen. Okay. I wrote it when I was like seven, 18 years old or something like that. And it's still a, a lot of my followers still talk about that song. I, I never play. I, ne- I need to bring it back. But. Yeah, but just yeah. to tell this story. And then, like, that week he walked me home and... Uh, well, he, okay, he didn't walk me all the way home. We parted ways before I got to my building. But nobody recognized him on the street. Nobody knew it was him. So we had this, like, random moment in time together walking the streets of Boston. What did you talk about? He was just saying, like... This sounds so weird to repeat, but he was t- telling me how much he believed in me and that he saw something in me and that that he was impressed that I was playing so many shows in college and that that's more than he was doing at my age. And he's like, if anyone's going to succeed, you're going to do it. You're like no just way. saying things to me. Like I journaled all about it. Cause I was, yeah, I was, you should look at that every day. <laughs> I mean, I don't like to tell people that. Story Were you a fan? It's no, very- it's an amazing story. Oh, Were you a fan I'm, of his before then? Oh my God. Okay. So yes. I was like, if you weren't, you are now. No, I'm such a fan. I am too. Yeah, I really am. So, <laughs> yeah it was that's kind an, of a crazy that's amazing time and, and i say that because i've been an, a john mayer apologist since 2002 when his first <laughs> album came out because i i think because he was one of those guys too where i was like oh he's like a funny guy who writes great songs mm-hmm. and so that was sort of you know resonated with me and i really like his writing style and i think he's only gotten better honestly yeah. um but uh that's an amazing story yeah and and that's that's what feels weird about telling i don't ever tell anyone that story because it was him and i walking the streets you guys had a moment we had a moment and nobody i could have made that 
completely up. So it also would have been amazing so, if like you like had never anyone. told anybody that story until like you were like 65. <laughs> and by the way, kiddos, yeah, uh, there's a guy like you spoke John at Mayer. his funeral. <laughs> people are like, what? <laughs> no, but that that's an amazing story because I mean it just shows that there are people out there who I mean John Mayer and all I mean he gets this kind of reputation, but like in in all intents and purposes could just be like on the John Mayer train all day long, not thinking about another single person, especially let alone somebody who he didn't have to say those things. Exactly. He could have showed up, signed autographs in his sunglasses and like left in a, like, you know, like a VW, like convertible (laughs) and be like, I don't know why I was in that. I mean, he spent so much time with us and, and taught us so much in that week. He was so generous with his time and it really showed me a lot about him. I mean, yes, he's so, he's so brilliant that sometimes it's hard to keep up with him and he it's is. hard to know what the heck he's talking about. But um he, he has a lot to offer. I think so too. I think in the long run he's going to be one of those guys like Eric Clapton or these guys that we sort of this sticks around for oh, a while. For sure. I mean, he already he's has. Proved that. He already yeah. has. Sorry, this was not a lightning No, round. I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, do you have a surprising musical influence? Um, ooh. I just got into Rival Sons. They're this hardcore rock and roll band, and they blow my mind. And Rival I don't think, Sons. Yes. Have you heard of them? Uh-uh. Oh, my gosh. I think I'm wearing, I'm wearing their shirt. You're wearing their shirt. <laughs> and it's signed by all of them. That's how much of a nerd I am. Wow. Are you here to promote them? It's like Led Zeppelin kind of. Oh, I love it already. Yeah. It's, but the vocals are incredible, and the melodies really? and the lyrics, like every every piece is there. Yeah. That's I awesome. Recommend that. And people wouldn't, wouldn't suspect a no, Led Zeppelin-ish probably influence not. <laughs> in you. No. Uh, have you ever had a favorite number? Seven. No, just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Me either. <laughs> I just I'm just it's, just. it's just always interesting when people ascribe yeah. meaning to numbers or whatever. Thirteen. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right, Taylor. Um, she's really just sitting next to you, feeding you answers. <laughs> people can't see this. Taylor Swift is in the room. Me and Meredith. Uh, yeah. I named my dog Taylor Swift. That's, um, <laughs> do you have a childhood or what was your first childhood celebrity crush? Oh my gosh! You can I remember think Hanson. Really? Anyone in Hanson? Yeah. All right. Any of them? Because that. Well, okay, the guy, the Taylor dude. I can't remember his last name. Hanson. Hanson. Taylor Hanson. <laughs> oh his last name is Hanson. Hanson. Yeah. That's amazing. That was amazing. What was his name? Um, what was his name? I like the lead singer of Bon Jovi. I don't know his last name, but I think it's John something. <laughs> Oh All right, what do you God. associate with the name Keith? Urban. There you go. You're so Nashville. <laughs> you can't even help it. You're so Nashville. What Have do you, you ever think seen... of when you think of Keith? Um, this guy that I used to bully in high school. <laughs> oh, nice. I know. I've been meaning to send him a Facebook message. I was bullied a lot, and he, but he was like the lower echelon of me even. So I would just take it's. This doesn't this make is me. Terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. No, we have since sort of like been friendly. I don't know. I don't think about him a lot. No, but that's what I think about when I, the, the the name Keith is like my my go to like name now. When that's I'm such think, a random question. When I'm thinking, I know. <laughs> Apologies to all Keiths listening to this, by the way. Uh, do, okay, I end with the the. I always end with these two questions. Uh, and you can decide which order you want to answer then. No, I'm going to decide for you. I'll go with, uh, well, I'll tell you one. So do you have a memorable bad show story? First off, you don't have to answer right away. Okay. You can percolate on that and then answer the other one or vice versa. And what is your first memory of the internet? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have a terrible memory. Like I was telling you, so I have a hard time remembering a terrible show. Really? Or an yeah. embarrassing moment or like some something that makes us uh, all feel human. Oh. <laughs> oh. 
I mean, I've I've screwed up so many times on stage and done so many embarrassing said it doesn't, stupid It doesn't things. have to be your fault either. My favorite are the ones where it's like, oh, I showed up and the PA was like a saltines box or, you know, something <laughs> ridiculous. Just nothing that, that's an, very interesting. I mean, one time I played this wedding something on this tiny boat. I don't know what part of the wedding it was exactly. but On a boat? On like a tiny boat, like really small. Like it fit like eight of us. What? And we had there was a sound some kind of I don't know how there was a sound it. system I don't know how they had this <laughs> there sound were eight system of there. you it's like this tiny tiny speaker and we were singing me and my friend that I toured with at the time <laughs> we were singing at last and all I can remember was the boat like I said and like the boat Shift. like yeah <laughs> it was like oh what are we doing um but no I can't think of anything terrible. that is an amazing that's an interesting <laughs> story for sure um and my first memory of the internet. <laughs> I can just remember being in chat rooms as a kid with all my all my crushes and trying to analyze which one I was going to end up. Isn't that with. funny? Yeah. yeah. But the other thing that I think about back in the day is MySpace and how insane it is to think these days. I think I think of some of my friends I go, "Oh my god, we met on MySpace." Yeah. How weird is that? Yeah. We don't have anything like that that really connects us musically. MySpace was that. a game changer for it musicians. Was. People don't realize it. I mean, for everybody, it really was the first kind of social network that connected us all. Yeah. But for musicians, there was like, I remember booking shows because I'm self-booked, booking shows in venues only accepted MySpace messages yeah. for booking. Yeah. And which blew my mind that like they didn't accept an email. <laughs> yeah. Because it seems like you would check email way more. Maybe so, that was like next after. The thing that sucks is because of the new revamp of MySpace or whatever that nobody's paying attention to, they've deleted all that old MySpace stuff. You can't even log into your old account anymore. And so That's I have there's so sad. there's so many gems from those <laughs> days. I wish I could go back to like 2004. So many good times. I know. In your top 12. Oh, if you had that many. Sometimes that was a bit daunting. I stuck with the eight. <laughs> Who was there an option for top 15? No, it was top 12. I think it, I think it, I think it capped off at twelve. Yeah, there might Who not were have my been. Top, I can't remember. Do you remember anybody that was in your top eight? The last I just ever? remember my boyfriend at, at, in college was in my top. That's all. Yeah, you had to put that. Yeah, right? it's like number one, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you made You're it. You're my number one. <laughs> it's funny. I rewatched Seinfeld this this summer. Just like every night, watched like three episodes of Seinfeld. It was the greatest. I recommend it to everybody. But there's there's an episode of Seinfeld where. He starts dating a girl and then she puts him in the in in like the speed dial of the phone. So he gets to be number three in the speed dial and he was just like, This is amazing. Like it was sort of like making it. I was like, this is like our version back in the day of like the top eight. Yes, exactly. In it's so like many your ways. favorites on your iPhone. The favorites on what? On your phone? Oh, yeah. that's true. Yeah. I wonder if I'm a favorite on anybody's phone. Yeah, I never thought about who might have favorited me. And also who I don't need to be their favorite. Like <laughs> Well, first off, when's the last time you talked on the telephone? Oh, I talk on the phone a lot. Oh, really? I don't well, like it. Well, yeah, not with people that, unless I know them really well, I like talking on the phone. My okay. parents are about it. Yeah. My parents and my closest friends. I'm a multitasker, so I need to like communicate in ways where I can do other stuff while I'm doing it. Well, you can, <laughs> these days, you put the earpiece in and you make dinner. That's true. When I take my dog for a walk, I'm always on the phone. Really? But see, that's not being in the moment, is it? No, it's terrible. That's why I'm trying to break these patterns. We have so much to work on. We have another podcast to do at some point <laughs> where we just do this. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. Thank you for having this me. Was a blast. This has been so much fun. And that does it for episode 70. If you'd like to check out Liz's new record, 
It's available March 17th everywhere. And go see her on tour, by the way. Uh, you can check out her tour dates at lizlongley.com. Uh, thanks for listening for episode 70. And who writes this stuff? I'm Nick Flora. Now go to something creative. 